All right, back into it with our panel, Kim Wright, Adrian Batra, Mike Van Solen. And, you know, it was uh, not to belabor this whole pot legalization thing, but uh, it did strike me that there are some uh, dimensions that we haven't really addressed in full, and maybe this is the occasion. Since Smokey Thomas was with us before you arrived, he did raise the specter of people languishing in prison because they had pot in their possession, and uh, since we've already changed the model for dispensaries, some who have gained a toehold by being illegal will be legalized, according to Smokey's, you know, which I kind of uh, don't necessarily agree with. I thought that these places would still be rendered illegal and they would disqualify themselves from being uh, potential legal dispensaries. But he had this to say about an amnesty. Give a listen. Do the pardons. I mean, here you're going to, you know, Doug Ford saying illegal dispensaries can become magically legal. Right? Well, then how about the poor person that had a few joints in their pocket and got caught with possession? Come on, give them a pardon. If you're going to pardon people who have been knowingly operating against the law, selling it in large volumes for years, if they can become legal all of a sudden, then they really should pardon anybody that's ever used it and got a conviction. All right, Mike Van Solen, a comment. Well, Smokey's got it wrong. Those those dispensaries don't have the right to become legal. Uh, and the government, I think, has been pretty clear that they better shut down before Wednesday. Or they, they have no chance, uh, period. But I do think he's right that we should think about amnesty for people who do have pot convictions. Uh, we're living it. We're moving into a world where it's completely legal. We do know that there's been some uneven application historically of uh, pot laws. So um, I think it's uh, appropriate for the government's uh, appropriate government agencies to get behind uh, an amnesty program on this. Kim Wright, how would that work exactly? Well, certainly there are a number of people who are looking at this, including my colleagues, Omar Khan and Melissa Lanceman, uh, who have been joining uh, into this conversation around amnesty. And you're looking at things like simple possession uh, under a certain amount. We're not talking about people who are charged with dealing. We're talking about people who have had simple possession, uh, things that would frankly be uh, acceptable under the new regulatory framework. So this is actually a pan-partisan uh, effort that's under underway lately, and uh, it's gaining momentum and gaining a lot of speed because what we're seeing is that there was an unfairness and what whatever historical motivations there might have been on some of these simple possession charges, uh, there, there are people who can't cross borders because of them. There are people who can't get jobs because of them. Uh, and frankly, in this day and age, uh, it, it should be overturned. All right. So simple possession, but they'd still be in jail? I, I would say that when you're starting to look at things like possession under a certain amount, and uh, you know, we'll see what the what those laws look like, that people need to, whether they could come out of jail or not. And I think that based on some of the things that I've seen when we're looking at things like simple possession, and that is the only thing that they've done, uh, that that would be something to, to certainly uh, look at strongly. But you'd need an honest broker or the states would have to clear that as well. So an amnesty would have to be granted on their end of things, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I would say that that would be the same case as anything else where you uh, you receive a pardon in, in Canada and how that would look uh, in, in U.S. corridors as well. All right, which I'm not sure if it totally expunges you from their records, but uh, Adrian Batra, any word on this? Well, the goalposts have changed. There's no question about that. And I think that there is... An- this is part of the discussion that uh, we know that justice ministers across the country are having, or I at the very least hope are having, um, that there's some sort of uniformity when it comes to this. Because what if you're busted in one province and it was just literally a simple possession, um, but now you've, you've you know, served your time and you're living in another province? There's so many nuances to this. But as thoughtful 
um, approach, a uniform approach, I think is, is achievable. Um, Kim has already addressed the, the bigger picture issue with those who have been caught with demons, large amounts of possession, those with intent to sell. That's a totally separate issue. So it's going to take a lot of person power to go through and comb through the court system, go through all of those records, John. And, and if we are literally going to expunge, getting to the point of expunging um, records, uh, some of the potential criminal records, there's going to be a lot of paperwork on our hands. And the justice departments are going to have to, frankly, beef up. This is going to cost money. Well, and and, but it could be very much be worth it. Right. But on the other end, if you want to travel to the states and the customs agent asks you if you've ever been charged with a criminal offense, now that you've had a pardon or whatever, I mean, you'd still have to fess up that you had a pardon. Yes, you would. Absolutely. Mike? Oh, I I thought once it was expunged, uh, you you get to say it it didn't happen would be be the... Well, that's why I'm wondering. My my understanding is always you do have to uh, claim it, that you do. But uh, again, none of us are lawyers, so I think... uh, I think you need a legal expert on this one. All right. Well, on, on, a, on a lighter note, John, what I'm curious about is who, who's going to be the Canadian who's the last person to get nabbed <laughs> with possession, like the right. unluckiest Canadian <laughs> right. gets it's rung up tomorrow. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like the guy shot just as the armistice is about to be signed. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. All right. Uh, we do have this other serious consideration. What's going on there in Saudi Arabia? In this instant, of course, it was Turkey where uh, a Saudi journalist who also uh, wrote for the Washington Post uh, apparently met an untimely end. It looks now the latest report from CNN is the Saudis will fess up to it. But where does that leave the Western business people who are dealing with the uh, Saudi government? Richard Branson with Virgin Group is going to suspend discussions with Saudi Arabia's public investment fund that was planning a billion-dollar investment in his group Space Ventures. He says on a matter of conscience, we can't continue to deal with them. Uh, and he would uh, see that anyone in the West that does business with the Saudi government would clearly change their uh, minds about that. We'll see if, in fact, that should be the case. Donald Trump hasn't signaled as emphatic a a no to business with Saudi Arabia. When we come back, another topic worthy of discussion with our panel, Kim Wright, Adrian Batra, and Mike Van Solen. Here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.